the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash in their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download us, the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You guys hear the voice, so you know who I am. It's your guy, really real, Villa Real. It's real from Virginia in the building, and I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. I'm here. I am. I can't. I don't know where I am. But I'm on a cruise and I'm rolling. So if you're on a cruise right now, we might be on the same cruise. But if you're not, then, you know, I'm just off somewhere about to have a good time. Using that money that I went from cashing the Warriors to winning six versus Boston. Thank you so much, Boston. I appreciate you. Love you so much. Really, really appreciate you. But we're here and we're going to talk some NBA draft stuff with my guy. You already know he's with me. Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. What's going on with you? It's nice to be back on the pod. Hopefully you have a fun trip. And uh hopefully they allow some, you know, Boston packs on the actual boat. But I don't know if they do. You're gonna have to keep me posted on that one. Do they? Or is that against uh company policy? Well, I don't again. I, I don't want to say anything because what if we have a lot of listeners, we have a lot of listeners, somebody that could be working on the ship could be listening. And then next thing I know, I got a knock on my door and I'm getting a random screening. So, you know, I'm just not going to say anything, but if the Boston pack might be available, it might not. You could take that for what it is. You're also headed to but, Jamaica so people can connect the dots in between, you know? But, you know, it's just it's some some other things in, uh, out there, you know, all that. But in other news, before we get to the NBA draft, where well, we actually talked about this a little bit earlier in the season and we just threw some early stuff out there. But before we get into that, let's make sure to talk about WinBet and for everyone to get down on WinBet's $50 wins. Uh, bet qualifies you for $200 in free bets. Plus, you can bet $500 plus on Sports and Casino by July 31st, 2021, and get entered to win the Ultimate Fantasy Football Draft Experience, where you can invite me to draft with your league. Well, you don't have to invite me to draft with your league. It can just be your league and all of y'all, and y'all can just go out there together. You get a two-night stay at Win Resorts, and you get to go to Encore Beach Club to have your draft. Oh, multiple entries are allowed. So if you bet $1,000 on sports, you get two entries. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer such a change terms conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, and now we're back to talk NBA draft a little bit. We mentioned it in the early on in the season. We had a random college basketball episode in the NBA Gambling Podcast. But in some order, the top three are set. It's going to be Javari Smith, Chad Holderman, Paolo Banquero. And that's basically it. It may not be that exact order. I think it possibly is going to be that order. But in some way, shape, or form, it's going to be those three guys first off the board. And this is a draft where a lot of people are like, all right, there's not really a big heavy hitter in this draft like years past. But – you know, I think it's some hitters that are later in the draft that people are really going to like and are really going to add a contribution to this team. So what is your overall uh, opinion on this draft? I think that it's a very talented class from top to bottom. Now, there isn't going to be one superstar, at least based on pre, pre-draft expectations. But, I mean, does it really matter? You usually find a couple of people that blossom after a couple of years I don't think anyone thought Giannis was going to be the best player in the league when he got drafted, and he had a random growth spurt and became the best player in the league. You've had a lot of different drafts where there's been a lot of talent. Maybe uh, executives and fans thought that player A was going to be the star of the class, the number one pick, and the best player was randomly pick 15. I don't think people thought Jokic, who was going in the second round, was going to be the best player in that draft either. So I don't put much stock into believing – who's going to be a great big superstar. 
when they enter the league. Mm-hmm. I focus more on depth. I think it's more important if you have a lot of quality pieces who are available in the 20s, for example. I think that's the sign of a good draft for me instead of it being just star-studded at the front. So I like the draft. I think there's a lot of talent, especially in the back end of the first round, even the early portion of the second round. Now, there isn't one guy, as you said before, who's going to jump off the page and be the next LeBron, but they're uh-huh. once in a generation talents, so you shouldn't get a LeBron every year. So I don't think it's really that much of a shock that you don't have a yeah. like a top five potential player right now going into the draft. So I don't really care. As long as it's deep, that's all that matters to me. And I think it's a pretty solid class from top to bottom. And the wow, I just kicked something. <laughs> so the big thing about the draft is that the variance that and I think the variance is so much more than the NFL draft because the NFL draft, it's not too too many times that you go deep in the draft and you find that guy that just takes the lead by storm, but Giannis went and fell to, what, 15, like 14, 15, 16, somewhere around that time, and ended up becoming the person that's dominating the league right now and a consensus, you know, MVP favorite every year for the most part. So I think it's I think it's super interesting that you can kind of look at the bottom of this draft and you could potentially have those guys like Giannis, like a Kawhi Leonard or something like that that just grows in the position and reaches all the way up to the top. I, I'm going to closer to the top yeah. half of the drive. I was going to say, I agree with your point there. It's really a situation where everyone who is, I'd say casual college basketball fans just look for the star guy who's supposed to be the franchise savior. And when he's not mm-hmm. there, you automatically assume that the actual draft is terrible. And that's just a, mm-hmm. such a terrible line of thinking because once again, you don't need a franchise savior in every draft. Would you rather have one or two really, really good players at the top and then a bunch of mediocre players to finish out the top 10? Or would you rather have a decent number one followed by a pretty consistent level of talent from one to 10? I'm picking option two every time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a good draft. Yeah. All right. So, what's some props that you're catching your that's catching your eye? So, we're going to start let's, off let's with focus on the first part. Yeah, let's focus on the first part of the draft. Yeah, I was going to fo- focus first of all on the odds for the number one overall pick, which you can bet. Jabari Smith is the favorite. He was at, f- at minus four hundred about a week and a half ago. Now he's down to mm-hmm. about minus one ninety. Uh, Holmgren's about plus one sixty five, and Boncaro's about plus four seventy five. The thing is, and the What makes it difficult is that a lot of teams, of course, at the bottom are at the bottom for a reason. It's because they need help at basically every position. So it's a real question of what do you think Orlando needs more of? I think at center, they're fine because they have Wendell Carter Jr. They still have Bomba on the roster. I'm not sure for how long. So I personally think Jabari... I think he's on the way out. I think he's on the way out too. But do you think that Chet and... Wendell Carter Jr. can coexist? Or do you just think Orlando's looking at the roster saying, we need a small forward, we need a wing, give us Jabari Smith? Because I think that Smith should be the favorite in this spot. So I 100% thought that no matter what happened, I thought that Orlando was going to draft Chet Holgram until they actually ended up with the number one overall pick, and now yeah. Jabari Smith is on the table. But I was, I was completely sold on Holgram either falling a little bit to – Orlando or Orlando picking second and getting him, but with them with them getting the first pick, I don't think they pass on Jabari Smith. I just I just truly don't think. I think the money's coming in on Hogan because people need something to bet on, and you're not going to lay all that money with Jabari Smith. But I think that's a narrative that people are trying to make. I don't think that it comes to light. I think Jabari Smith's clear cut number one overall pick, and it's because he can do it all. And when you look at him and you look at his game, it's very KD like esque. I wouldn't say, you know, making the comparisons to KD, but their games very do much mirror each other a lot on both sides of the court. And so with the elite level scoring that he has and he's able to do, that's something that they need. They need somebody that can go out there and get that bucket. And if he does become Orlando Magic in a couple of days' time, the franchise is going to be on his back due to scoring scoring workload from day one. They're going to depend on him to score the basketball. 
Uh, I agree with you. I think that with Orlando needing so many pieces, they're in a spot where they might just take the best overall player. And Holmgren has a lot of potential, but it's not all positive. There's also a lot of bust potential because Holmgren's going to need to gain a bunch of weight. He's way too skinny. And I feel like Jabari Smith right now might be the most pro-ready prospect. I think it's either him or Boncaro, and I don't think Boncaro is good enough to be the number one overall pick. So I think Orlando is going to end up taking Jabari, if I had to guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, like I said, I think that the order goes one, two, three. Parker, not Parker. <laughs> Jabari, Jabari Parker. Smith. I'm yeah. thinking Jabari Parker. Yeah. yeah, man. I was thinking Jabari Parker, man. I don't know why I said that. That's crazy. But Jabari Smith, Chet Holgram, and Paolo Bancaro. So if you can find a one, two, three in that order, it's probably super juiced, or you're probably getting a little bit less than maybe plus 100 or something like that. I'm, I'm not looking at the odds right now being on the ship, so I'm depending on Scott to see if he can find it for me. Well, I was going to say, as, but, of right, yeah. as of right now, the actual one, two, three has, is not posted yet, but it will be plus money. Mm-hmm. It'll be the favorite, of course. But Smith is minus yeah, 190. Be the bigger. Yeah, Smith's minus 190 for first pick. Holmgren's minus 150 for second pick. And Boncaro's minus 550 for the third pick. So it's definitely going to be favored to be that yeah. one, two, three order. But you can probably find that getting, at plus 120, closer to draft. Yeah, if I'm getting any amount of plus money on that, yes, give it to me 100%. I'm. I'm almost positive that's how the order is going to go. I don't think that anybody's going to differentiate in the first three picks. But, Scott, when we get down to pick number four, that's when it's going to get interesting because there's a lot of ways you can go here, I think. I mean, I'm sure Jane Ivey is the consensus number four over there, but you still got King and Murray, and you also got a guy that we both like in Shady and Sharp who could potentially go at four as well. And, you know, Dyson Daniels from the G League as well, who's really good. So what are you thinking about pick number four here? Because it feels like this is where the draft is going to start. Well, I was going to say for pick four, if you do think that Sharp is alive to be taken early, this is Sacramento's pick, so anything's possible because they're the Sacramento Kings for a reason. It's because they don't always do the smartest thing that's available. I'm a big Jaden Ivey guy. I think he's going to be a very good pro, which is why I think Sacramento is going to screw this up. But Murray makes sense if you want to go by position of need. Now, they did get Sabonis, who's going to play center. Murray, I think, is more of a power forward. Or if they want to go with two big men, they could use that approach. But they still have Fox. They still have Mitchell. They did get rid of, of course, Halliburton and Heald. But do you think Ivy can play the shooting guard position? Or do you think that Sacramento already has so many young guards in place they might go for a forward because they traded the bag. The Bagley experiment did not work. Do you think they want another young big man in that rotation? Because I think that that's actually a pretty decent possibility. Man, look, if I'm the Kings, I don't want Ivy just because that there's just need somebody with a shred of defense at this point. <laughs> with a shred of defense, and that's not what you're getting out of Jay and Ivy. I don't think you're getting that out of Murray either. I don't think Murray's a good defense. No, but. But at least he has the size. Like, at least I'm over here and I'm looking and I say I got – at least I have size with him. But I need somebody that's going to get after it on the defensive end a little bit. And while I wouldn't be surprised, I think it's, I think it's Shady on Sharp, man. I, I, I think they should go for Sharp, somebody that can develop in a role. And we sit here and we don't talk about him because he didn't play last year. But this is somebody that – People were projecting in the lottery when they thought he was going to go play. And now he, and now he's coming out and going straight into the draft. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity for him to go into a system where Mike Brown is taking over. We assume that he learned something from all that time at the Golden State Warriors. I'm not saying he did, but we assume that he learned something there. And so if we think about what that offense could look like with um, – Fox and Sabonis running the ball and then bringing Sharp off the side. Mike Brown's also, like, def- also a defensive-minded head coach, which goes back to your point yeah. of them wanting some guy with a defensive identity. Some type of defensive identity. And the, the issue with Shady on Sharp is it's going to take him a little bit of time to get the in and outs of playing in a system. Like to learn – like and, you know, to learn the system. Like learn system basketball. However – 
I don't think that Mike Brown's system is going to be hard. <laughs> I don't think his system is going to be hard. I think that I'm just going with somebody who I think that this guy is a bona fide scorer. He is raw talent, and he's going to be really, really good in the league. He just needs some time to grow and mature. And so I, I think I would take a chance on Sharp here, even though I really do like Ivy. And watching that last season, you know, those season at Purdue, like I understand why everybody's saying it's Ivy, 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 but just keep your eye on Shady on Sharp. I just truly think that he's going to go a lot higher than people have him projected right now. I agree. We're going to get back to Sharp in a little bit for a prop on him specifically for the fourth pick though if you want to talk about straying from the expected outcomes and you can argue maybe houston if they want to go for another point guard or shooting guard if they want to get rid of kevin porter jr then maybe ivy at 14 to 1 for the third pick but i think boncaro is too talented for them to pass up on him so i think that boncaro will be the pick at three ivy is once again a player that i like a lot and i think his athleticism will translate very well to the next level so I would personally go with Ivy. Now, the Kings are the Kings. And if you want to go for some value, betting on bad teams to do stupid things is, tends to be a very solid moneymaker in the draft because they go off the reservation when it comes to their ideas. You mentioned Sharp. Sharp's issue is, besides the fact that he was a G League guy who didn't play in basically a year since he never ended up playing for Kentucky in the end, his work effort is a little his work ethics a little bit of a question mark and it seems like he yeah. takes some plays off and i'm not sure if that's going to be a red flag or not for a hard-nosed coach like mike brown to deal with if you want to go insane long shot potential i think dyson daniels at 28 to 1 actually has some value with it because if they're going to take ivy that means they want a wing that means they want a, somebody who can ball handle and also maybe play a little bit of perimeter defense. Now, Daniels is more of a small forward. He's around six foot six, six foot seven, give or take. And he's also a very solid defensive player. But I do think that if you want to make an argument about embracing the coach's identity and trying to find a diamond in the rough, a guy who could contribute on several ways without really stepping on the toes of Mitchell and Fox. Daniels is a small forward. So if you want to make a case for finding complementary pieces to Sabonis and Fox, I think there might be value on Daniels at 28 to 1 if you think the Kings once again do something dumb and reach for a prospect they probably shouldn't be reaching for. But I don't even think it's dumb. Like, I don't even think it's dumb. I think that that's a, a Daniels. I just don't think it. I no, really, I think it's really dumb comparing him to the think other prospects. Ivy. The other prospects are better yeah, than Daniels. I, I, that's my point. Yeah, I, I just don't think I'm taking – I don't think I'm taking Ivy and pitting, and pitting him with Fox in that backcourt. I just – while he is probably one of the more talented out of the guys we've all um, talked about, I still think that it's all about fit. It's about how you match it. It's about the needs of the team. And I don't think four is a reach for Daniels at all. 28-1 to one is really good. I'm glad uh, – that's. I didn't know that it was that high. I actually will sprinkle on that. And we're talking about, once again, a very good co prop. Yeah, coach identity. And we know Sabonis is a good player. He was an all-star a couple years ago. He gives you no rim protection at all. So mm -hmm. Fox, we know, can get you a lot of steals. I'm not sure if he's the greatest on-ball defender in the world. Mitchell's very good on-ball. We know that his nickname is off-night, one of the best nicknames in the sport, because of how good he is defensively. And, how good, and because Mitchell looks so good, at the end of last year, you can argue that Fox is a trade, is a trade chip, but they probably should have mm -hmm. traded him last year. So I don't really know what the story is there. If you want to go for a long shot and trying to expect the unexpected with the Kings of all teams, I think 28 to 1 on Daniels is worth a shot. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I'm sprinkling on it. I think that with him, and he's, we, we talk about him being a forward, and he's absolutely going to probably play somewhere closer to you know guarding the fours no he, he, he played can... he, he played a guard and so it's just that you know when you put on like what four five inches and you know he's you're gonna be you're gonna be really really good like you're still gonna have that guard mentality but you're gonna be really really good in being a guy that can handle the ball playing the four playing three so yeah i like Jaden daniels i mean and if, if, yeah if you also want to read into the tea leaves a little bit 
Daniels did have a workout with the Kings this past week. So the Kings got him in the building, which is important to monitor. Yeah, you, right. you, you can never actually so determine how well the workouts are going to go with teams. Mm -hmm. But as long as they are actually looking at a prospect, if you wow them enough in the actual workout, then you're always on the table. So the Kings have scouted Daniels in person, which makes me think that this number is a bit too high. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the guy that we are both interested in. And tell us about props about Shaden Sharp. So Sharp is one of the rare prospects that has an even number as a prop with no half on it. It's over under eight for his draft spot. It's about minus 120 mm -hmm. on both sides. I like the under. I think Sharp is being viewed as the dark horse candidate to be the best player in the draft class based on the actual mm -hmm. perception. And if Sharp played a minute at Kentucky, he probably would have been a top three pick in the draft. Can I say that? Yep. Yep. I agree. So I agree. if you're going with upside and you're trying to find a, I can't really say a diamond in the rough because it's still a top eight pick, but if you're trying to find a potential superstar, or a potential best player or second best player on a team. And you're looking around at the other wing options, and you see Matherin, and you see uh, Agbaji, and you're looking at some of these other guys, A.J. Griffin, for example, Dyson Daniels, as we said before. Mm -hmm. I definitely think Sharp has the highest upside of any of those guys outside of the top three. Potentially even including the top three. So I like the under for Sharp because since he didn't go to college, there's a lot of untapped potential there. I think he should end up going somewhere in the top six or seven. So I think eight is too high of a number. I get it. That's why it, it's not a half. If it was eight and a half, the under would mm -hmm. probably be like minus 180. But I like the mm -hmm. under. I think he's going top seven. All right. So I'm going to tell you right now, I know exactly where he's going, and I'm going to bet it. Well, I don't know exactly, but if somebody doesn't pull that trigger at early, he's not falling past the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I agree. I truly do not believe out of what the hell they had to deal with off of the looming black cloud that is hanging over that organization that has a, a face imprint in the cloud. And you can see the eyes. You can see the eyebrows and the nose and the mouth. And it's Dame Lillard and they have no idea what's going to happen because the man, all he has to do is say a word, and he's gone. So, and Sharp, he's one of the best scorers in this draft. Just point blank. You, you could talk about how raw he is. You could talk about how much he needs work. You talk about how much he needs system. It is Chauncey Billups. At this point, Chauncey has nothing to lose. He just went through that season that he had and actually finished on a high note. So it's Sharp. I, it has to be Sharp. I will take any prop of Portland to get sharp at seven. I will absolutely sprinkle on the under. I don't think he gets past seven. I would, I really hope he goes earlier. So that just gives me a little bit more faith in the league that they can evaluate. But sharp is that guy. I really do think sharp is that guy. And I think that Portland is going to absolutely love that they were able to get him at seven. So I'm just going to go ahead and predict him to go at seven. And for the I record, that New, I don't think he's getting past New Orleans at eight. So worst case is you're probably getting your money back. Yeah, no, I, I think it's seven. So give me give me props at, at sharp at seven, eight. I love the number, but I think right he goes right before and it's right there at seven. That's Portland. It just seems like a match made in heaven in Portland for a team that's already they're already super young and they're not going to get <laughs> they're going to be what a year older. So they're not they they're not going to be super duper experienced. You have Dane Lillard playing with a bunch of young guys, and I think that in the learning opportunity. And they say that they're trying to build a rebuild. They don't want to go rebuild. They want to rebuild this team and have something that can compete very, very soon. Well, in the midst of that, if you add Shady on Sharp and his level of scoring, no matter what happens, I think you're going to put points on board. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Sharp at seven. I think a dark horse candidate's Indiana at six. But I think that's a chance. That's mm -hmm. a possibility, too. If, if Indiana decides we need more offensive firepower, we traded Sabonis, our offense now is pretty much Halliburton, Brogdon, and that's basically it. It would not surprise me if Indiana took a shot with a potentially elite score 
like Sharp as well at six. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll go into one of those two spots, but eight just seems a little bit too high, especially at minus 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Let's scroll down a little bit in the draft, and let's talk about a guy that I'm super interested in, and I'm curious on where his props are sitting at right now. Talk to me about Johnny Davis. What's Johnny Davis doing? So Davis is around 10 and a half. It was 11 mm-hmm. earlier this week. Yeah. It went down to 10 and a half. And now the under 10 and a half at minus 150. According to most mock drafts, he's being taken by Washington at 10. So that's a possibility there. I can see mm-hmm. San Antonio potentially because Davis is a pretty high IQ player who I think would be able to mm-hmm. fit into uh, Popovich's system. But I see 10 and a half at under... Uh, the under is minus 150. So, I don't think the Knicks pass on Davis if he gets there. Yeah. This is why I want to talk to him because, of course, I'm just going to throw some Knicks. Oh, you were hoping it was 11 and a half. How I, the Knicks, I get it, but it's not. How the Knicks draft and how Davis is like the poster, like the, the growth that he had in one year, that's just a poster child for Knicks, like, Yes, give me him. Bring him here. Make him a Nick. Yes, yes, yes. Like you talk about the run and you know being one of the top scorers in college basketball. I don't. I don't think he gets past the Knicks at eleven, and that really is the, may be the issue. And that's definitely why the number came down from eleven because at the very least people are pushing at eleven. Mm-hmm. So if you see any elevens, or even if you're lucky enough and there's an eleven and a half out there, grab that because I don't think at any way, shape, or form that. Johnny Davis gets out, gets past the Knicks. But I think that he's a really good player, and he's so good for the Knicks that somebody's going to take him before the Knicks can draft him. Almost positive. Like, it's how, it's how it does. So I'm just fading my team. And that's why I wanted to talk about Johnny Davis. It really wasn't because to talk about the talent of Johnny Davis. We all know how good he is. We all saw him in, in Wisconsin. You, for certain, probably more than anybody else. But I just think that he's too good. And – that means that he's not going to get to the Knicks because the Knicks don't ever get anything good ever at all whatsoever. So that's why I'm on the under 10 and a half for Johnny Davis. Now, did you like to add like any actual handicapping to that other than me just fading the Knicks getting a? Well, Davis is a bit of a tricky prospect to fully evaluate. And it's true about all Wisconsin prospects because Wisconsin plays offense. Like it's 1955. You can't tell how good the players are offensively because they never actually – they never run in transition. I think Johnny Davis would be a great offensive threat in transition, but Wisconsin only plays in the half court. So I can't really judge how good his offensive game is. Now, if you want to talk about what he's very, I'd say, adept at is drawing fouls, and he's a very solid rebounder for his size, pretty solid defender. Mm -hmm. The issue is the outside shooting. It was not good. His first season was decent. It was 38.9%. He only played 24 minutes a game, basically. Then last year, he was the focal point of the offense, and he shot only 30.6% from three. The field goal percentage was low. He shot 42.7%. But once again, Wisconsin didn't have many shot creators in the first place, so Davis had to take a lot of bailout jump shots that were very low-quality shots. I'm not going to blame Davis for that. But the outside shooting is a bit concerning. Good free throw shooter, though. Shoots roughly 80% at the line. So if you want to play the translation game, he has the potential to be a good outside shooter. Davis is a solid all-around player. But I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm curious what your response is going to be. Do you think that NBA teams hold it against prospects that are from schools that do not exactly have a long list of quality NBA players. Because you think of Wisconsin, you think of Sam Decker, bust. You think of Frank Kaminsky, also a bust. Ethan Happ was there for a couple years as the best player. He was never even in the NBA. Do you think that people look at Davis and just say, Wisconsin, A.J. Griffin at Duke, give me the Duke guy? Because I think that's a possibility. No, I don't think so. I, I don't. I Just think, saying. but one, I think that that last season by Davis was probably one of the best seasons by a player from Wisconsin in a while, yeah. a very long time, it was. Like single season. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think he's just built different. And I think that more than that, they're looking at the growth that he had from year one to year two. 
Now, Davis is one of the older play- cats in the draft, but the growth that he had from year one to <laughs> – He's yeah, only a sophomore. He wasn't like, that old. But isn't he like 24? Uh, let me check the age here. Oh, or am I thinking of somebody else? I might be thinking of somebody else. Well, when you mention age, it's going to actually segue me to the process we're going to get to next. But Davis is only 20. 20? Oh, okay. All right. I must be talking about, some, I must be talking about somebody else. I got to figure out who I'm talking about. All right. Either way, I'm not, I think that the growth they had from year one to year two, and you got to think they have more tape on Davis because he didn't just like, just play college like he has a gold medal for usa basketball <laughs> mm-hmm. so the, i think that there's so much in addition to him that you're getting that's just not on the span of wisconsin like he played with usa basketball so he understands that system a bit and the fact that i think you're getting you know a two-way player with him and he's going to develop into a really good two-way player I'm going, yeah, I think Johnny Davis is probably, I think he's going to skyrocket, actually. <laughs> I think I don't think it even gets close, but I definitely I definitely don't have any faith in him becoming a Nick. I think he's going to be stolen before the Knicks get him. And if the Knicks do get him, then you know what? I'm fine losing my money, but I'm really, really happy because I got Johnny Davis. I can personally see him going to either New Orleans, San Antonio, or Washington. So I like mm-hmm. the under. Davis, once again, has a lot of athleticism which you really saw, I'd say, bits and pieces of, but because of Wisconsin's actual half-court nature, you really didn't get to see him in transition. I think he'd be a really good player in transition offensively. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to another guy that I like in this draft, and that I'm curious on where his number's at. We're going to talk about the guard from Kentucky, Tati Washington Jr., because – and why I just let you kind of pull that up for me. 18 and uh, a half. I can't do anything. 18 and a half, great. I think, a, I think an ankle injury really derailed the second half of his season. And if he was healthy, I think that Ty Ty Washington would have been in a conversation to be a lottery pick. I really do. I think Ty Ty Washington is really good. I think that his he doesn't have like that really, really flashy part of his game. But I think that he he's one of those guys that can get to the bucket. He can get to the bucket. He can find different ways to score the basketball. And I think he's going to be a very, very, very good role player for a team and somebody that either would like, you know, potentially, you know, one day in that six man of the year territory or somebody. And yeah, let's talk about the guards from Kentucky, like somebody like a Tyrese Maxey. I think he can have a Tyrese Maxey level impact for a team. And we think about, you know, what they've done in the past, like a Tyler Hero or a, a Hamadou Diallo, Keldon Johnson, you know, Emmanuel Quickly, quickly to a lower extent. I don't think he's going to get to an SGA type of level. But, hey, look, if Calipari does one thing good, it's them guards. <laughs> and I'm just looking at this list, and I'm like, man, I didn't even think about it. But he does something good, it's them guards. And I think that Tatai Washington is going to be a steal. I really like the under 18 and a half because – Somebody else has to be seeing this too, right? Well, I'm a bit on the fence with Washington because just to be clear, since he is six foot three, he's a point guard. That's it. He's not going to play any other position. Can we agree on that? No, I think he could play two still. Do you think he play the two at six three? Yeah. Okay. The reason yeah. why I'm asking I don't think you have to be tall. The reason why I'm asking is because when you end up putting numbers for draft position on players, I like to look at the Teams that are drafting right around that number, usually three or four spots before it. So to go through Mm -hmm. 14 through 18, you have Cleveland, you have Charlotte, you have Atlanta, you have Houston, and you have Chicago. Do any of those teams need a point guard? It's a tricky spot. You can argue back a point guard, but I feel like if you're going to be trying to No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, I was saying I get what you're saying. I just – I think that his impact for a team – one is probably not going to be off the rip. And then two is going to be more of a think of like what Jalen Brunson gave the Mavericks and where at one point he was that backup point guard and he came off the bench and he had those really, really good looks and really, really good games was able to help give some life to that bench unit. But then they were able to insert him in the starting lineup and play next to Luca, just as somebody else that could handle the ball when they needed their star to play off ball a little bit. 
begging for more Trey Young off the ball, for them to develop him off the ball, for that to take him to the next level of his game. And it just feels like Atlanta is that spot where you get Ty Ty, you get somebody that you don't need to start for you, that he can run, come off the bench, be somebody to handle the ball outside of Trey Young for that bench unit. But also at some point when he develops and he gets better, you can insert him next to Trey Young and he can bring the ball to the court. He can handle the ball and not make mistakes and be able to just Get it out of Trey's hand and let Trey work more off the ball and become more of a scorer on different levels of the game. It just, oh, man, I'm, oh, I'm getting chills because Ty Ty and Atlanta just feels like a match made in heaven to me. That's one of the two landing spots between those four or five teams I was thinking of. I thought of Atlanta at 16 and Chicago at 18 if they tell Kobe White to get lost. That's really <laughs> the two, that's really the two spots yeah. that I see. But... Once again, 18 and a half, I would personally not touch it. I think it's going to be very close, in my opinion. I hear, I hear your this points. Might be one of my favorite I, plays. I, yeah, no, no, I get it. I just I think this might be one of my favorite plays. And it's because I'm not trying to fall in love with the Atlanta matchup, even though I do think Atlanta's really good. But I think that that same mindset could work for – like, I think that could work for a Charlotte. I think that could work for – uh, Chicago as well, just somebody else that can handle the ball in certain situations. All right, Scott, so is there anybody else you want to kind of mention or throw out there before we get up out of here? Well, one thing I'm particularly confused about, especially early on, I'm going to mention one player I'm kind of interested in the number, but I'm looking at the centers in the draft, and centers are in a very weird spot in the NBA where they're either expendable or they're MVP candidates. And if you're somewhere yeah, in the middle, then you, then you probably don't want to pay them that much money, which is what Phoenix is dealing with right now with Aiton. But I'm looking at the two main centers. Of course, Holmgren is going to go top three. I don't know if you even want to call him a center, but either way, you have Duran and you have Mark Williams. And mm-hmm. I'm a big Mark Williams guy. He was my favorite player on that Duke team. His number's 13 and a half. It's juiced to the over. And you have Duran at 10 and a half. And that's also juice to the over. I'm a little bit confused why there's not much hype around either prospect. Because from what I saw at Memphis and from what I saw at Duke, I think that Williams and Duran can translate extremely well to today's NBA. Do you think there's any Mm -hmm. value on taking any of those centers under? Or do you think that the league is so wing-oriented right now that centers are basically an afterthought. I think, what's, what's the number on both of them again? Uh, Williams is 13 and a half. The over is minus 165. And Duran is 10 and a half. And the over is minus 130. They're not going to ever be the focal point of the franchise. Yeah. They're going to be very good. And they're going to do some very good things. But at the end of the day, they're not projected to be the focal point of the franchise. They're probably going to be very, very good starting center in some situations, maybe even a backup and somebody that can go up there and get rebounds. And when we talk about them in three, four, however many years time, we're going to say, talk about how much impact that they have for a team being able to do the little things and that the team is really, really happy that they got them, but they're probably not going to get that max deal money. As you said, I think the Spurs could be somebody that could be interested Charlotte should really be interested. Yeah. So that's what makes Mark Williams interesting. That was the annoying part I was going to get to. Duran, 10.5 for the record. I like the over. I don't think anyone in the yeah. top 10 is going to I'm on a 10.5 for him, for sure. But. Yeah. Now, the Williams one I'm interested in, but it's also a slippery slope. Because Charlotte because is Charlotte the has obvious, please draft them. But it's 13.5, and, and they pick 13th and 15th. And I'm just like, oh, I just know, I just know for a fact that if we we take the under 13 and a half, they're gonna wait and pick them at 15 and get you know somebody else that they don't think is gonna fall at 13. Especially since Cleveland already has Mobley and Allen, so there's no chance they take Williams at 14. Now, OKC at 12 is very interesting because of the fact that. And it'd be to see what they do. Like, what what does OKC do at two? Oh, let's just because assume they take Holmgren. There's, yeah, if they, I mean, if they take Holmgren, then it kind of just that that kind of clears the air right there. Yeah, but I, I think they're going to take. And him. this is kind of where a lot. This is kind of where you like you want to try to you know 
like it's it's basically playing with the chances and you got to sit here and say well if Orlando does something if the Helgram spike that's happened in the past couple weeks is really true and Orlando takes Holgram they're 100% getting a, a center at 12 like that's happening <laughs> that's 100% happening so if you're a homegrown backer for number one and that's really how I would play this if you're a homegrown backer for number one then I would be very interested at an under for Mark Williams and an over for Duran thinking one of them goes to OKC at 12 I don't know who takes but, Duran besides San Antonio, hypothetically, in the top 10. I just don't think that the – I don't think the Wizards and the Knicks can get away with it. Especially since the Wizards uh, San Antonio is the only Porzingis. team – I mean – So San Antonio is the only team that can draft him that I think they can get away with it. I don't think either of the other two teams can get away with it at I, all. I like Duran so, over. So. Yeah, I think Duran definitely goes over. But Williams is interesting because OKC Charlotte are two teams that I'm sitting there looking at. Like, huh, huh. I'm asking because the under 13 apps plus 125. It's plus plus money. I'm interested. Yeah, I am. I am interested. And I think that I like Charlotte more than OKC just because I I think that OKC takes Holgram. Yeah. But if you if you are somebody who's betting Holgram to go number one overall, you think Holgram is going number one to Orlando, then Mark Williams under 13 and a half is probably one of your better bets that you should have down on as well. If you want to go all in on that decision. Yeah, I agree with that, but all I was right. going to ask, I was going to ask you about one final player before we wrapped up. Yeah. What's and up? It's about age because I'm looking at Akbaji who of course ended up winning the championship with Kansas, very solid three point shooter, had a couple of nice alley dunks as well. His number's 14 mm-hmm. flat and the over mm-hmm. is minus 140. Now, as the overall player pool in the NBA draft has gotten younger over the last couple of years, especially now that people don't actually have to go through college, you can use the G League system now. Mm -hmm. Agbaju is going to be a senior. He's 22 years old. Are teams going to hold it against him? Because we've seen cases both ways where a player falls because of age and he potentially doesn't move because of age. Do you think 14 is too high or too low I'm leaning over because I think that he's going to be basically a three-point specialist in the league who can maybe mm-hmm. do a little bit of defense, but I don't think he's an amazing defender by any means. I think he's okay. Do you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on Agbaji? Well, Chris Duarte is kind of the comp that kind of, you know, yeah, pops fair. up in my mind. And Duarte going so much earlier than people expected to the Pacers. And so I think there's a chance. What, what was that number you said again? It was 14 flat. 14 flat and it that makes sense because <laughs> lordy does cleveland need uh somebody that can spread the floor like him i have a hard time unless it really so the issue that just makes this so much harder for me that i can't i have i do have struggle with charlotte and why where they're picking is because charlotte doesn't have a head coach yet yeah their head coach backed out so they don't have a head coach yet and so, if Mike D'Antoni signed with Charlotte tomorrow to be their head coach, then I would take the under because I think that he goes to Charlotte at 13. But I, I, I don't have a gauge on what Charlotte is going to do. That's why I'm like, I, I don't know. That's what makes this picking, you know, people with 14 and, you know, 13. That makes it so hard because you have no idea what Charlotte's doing. What if they trade out of the pick? What they say, we're just going to trade out of it. You don't have a head coach or any type of style of how they're going to play basketball to even decide what they're going to do. And shame on Charlotte for not having this figured out. And the draft is next yeah. month, is next is this week. The draft is this week, and you don't have this figured out. So I, it, it's tough. I would stay away from it. I, I just wouldn't put a bet in because I just don't know what Charlotte's going to do. And I just I found the one Charlotte does is going to. Yeah, it definitely is fascinating. And I think that he would be a very good fit for Cleveland. I think that would be a very, very nice fit in Cleveland. If you wanted my prediction, Charlotte could be interesting. I'm looking at potentially Atlanta at 16. Mm -hmm. Atlanta needs multiple wing defenders. And they have Herter. They have Hunter, who's injured basically every year. 
but I do think getting more depth at that wing position would do Atlanta a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Charlotte is the thing that's kind of throwing a little bit some of this stuff off for me. And so it's kind of – it's a lot of assumption, but it's not really anything to base it off of because you don't know what style of basketball they're going to end up playing for the rest of the season. Yeah. And so, and so really, Charlotte's probably going to go best available on the board, to be honest. No matter what happens, they're probably going to take the best available person on the board. I think they'll go best available at 15 or maybe 13, and then whichever center is left, they'll take at 15. Yeah, probably Because so. you're not afraid of the Cavs. Somebody no. would have to trade up. You're not afraid of the Cavs taking a center. Do you expect a lot of okay. trades in this draft? I do, actually. So I do, do I. Because I think because I think that it's because there's so many like everybody's group all the talent and a group together. So somebody's gonna trade up for their guy. They're not gonna want to take a chance. They're gonna trade up and go get their guy. And that's what's gonna make some of these props very, very interesting. And why I'm I like the unders because I think that if somebody wants a guy, they're going to trade up and get them because they don't know like everybody's grouped together. There's no clear cut in this draft. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Oh, okay. Let's move on and get paid, all right? Sleeper's fast-growing fantasy platform with millions of players today and probably have a fantasy league on Sleeper. I know I do. I know Scott does. I know we do a lot of things with Sleeper. But now you can make money on their new over-under game as well. Super easy. Take any sport and pick a prop that you like in over-under. They'll maybe get points in basketball or hits in baseball or something like that. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to 20 times the money you put in. Plus, they have a chat feature that's super-duper cool. You can get in there talk smack to us. You can talk about your picks. You can talk about our picks at sleeper.com slash SGPMBA to join our squad and get a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms used for details. And guess what? We're drinking coffee, people with trade coffee. This stuff is some of the freshest and bestest tasting coffee. Bestest, yes, I said bestest, like Nicki Minaj. Bestest, the bestest tasting coffee that ever made. And it's super easy because they, they make it for you. They have a quiz that you can take, and they make the coffee for you, specifically tailored for you. And you can have the chance of whether you like it or not. So, look, guys, I'm trying to tell you. They deliver it all over, and if you, they guarantee you'll love it. If you don't love it, they will replace it for free. Trade has tr- delivered over 5 million bags of coffee with over 7,500,000 positive reviews. So call to action right now. Go. Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off plus free shipping. $30 off plus free shipping on your first order. Drinktrade.com slash SGP. You can go there. You can take the quiz. Let them find out the coffee that you'll love. Drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off and free shipping. Now, you guys know, I tell you all the time, IP Vanish is the best VPN. They make sure you're completely protected while you're online. Your private details, passwords, communications, all of that will be safe. Even your location, you can use it on limited devices without sacrificing speed, like your computers, tablets, phones, and even your Fire Stick when you're streaming. So they don't know what you're streaming in case you're streaming something you don't want people to know or anything like that, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Just make sure that they protect you while you're streaming. We're not going to dig into why you're streaming those things or what you're streaming, even though I could. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not going to put you on front street. I know that's fine. Just now they are offering 7% off their yearly plan plus 30 money guarantee. That's like nine months for free. All you have to do is go to ipfinish.com. Slash SGP and use promo code SGP to get your seventy percent off savings. That's IPVANISH dot com slash SGP. All right, Scott, let's go ahead and end this right. What's one prop that you are betting for the NBA draft? Well, I'm going to save sharp for you because I know that you want to take that one. I'm well, looking at Dur- see everybody knows what they, everybody thinks they knows what I be doing. Everybody, I, th- I think I know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I do, but okay. I'm going to take Duran. I'm going to go with him over 10.5. Besides mm. San Antonio, I really don't know any other team in the top 10 that would consider taking him. And even at Memphis, Duran, I think, has a lot of upside, but I'm not sure if he's fully ready to immediately contribute at the NBA level. I think he's going to turn into a good player, but I think he's a little bit raw. 
Ten and a half seems a little bit low when there's really only one team that's a threat to beat you. I'm going to go with the over. I think it'll probably go somewhere around 12 or 13. All right. And you can suck my left nut because you didn't know what I was doing. Because I'm going Ty Ty Washington under 18 and a half. I, th- I think Ty Ty Washington is really good. And I think an injury derailed the second half of his season where he probably would have been a projected lottery pick if he was able to finish the season strong. And so, you know, he didn't look good. He was injured. He was playing. And, you know, I think that this is the chance. I think this is – teams can look past that. They understand how good of a player he is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, you're a lot more confident in Ty Ty than I am about what his role can be moving forward. But that's cool. That's the beauty of the draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you want to bet Shady on Sharp under <laughs> eight and eight. Was it eight? It was eight. Yeah, if you want to oh, bet yeah, under eight. Yeah, if you want to bet Shady and Sharp under eight, I a hundred percent approve, thousand percent approve, and I really like. What did we say? Twenty-eight to one. Oh uh, yeah, twenty-eight no, to one on Daniels. Daniels to be. Yeah, the yeah, that's a. Let's just go ahead and just pencil that in as a dog pick. If we had a dog pick, let's just put that in. Twenty-eight to one, Dyson Daniels to go for. Yeah, if you wanted a realistic dog pick, I don't mind Mark Williams under thirteen and a half. If you think that Charlotte mm-hmm. takes him with the thirteenth pick, there aren't many great plus price. Uh, dogs that we actually like here, but yeah, that's the one I'm kind of interested in. No, nah, I love that. I love that swing one. That's it. Just seems like a lot, and I like the narrative that you threw that he just worked out with Kings earlier. So hey, maybe the Kings actually do do something off the reservation and give us a 28 to one cash. I'll be betting it. It wouldn't be the first right, time the people. Kings did something that people second guessed. And it's definitely not going to be the last time. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, Scott. Anything else before we get up? out of here no not really you can find me on twitter at rice radio besides that was fun recording the nba draft podcast we're gonna have a lot more podcasts coming forward just because the season is over does not mean that we're taking a vacation we're still gonna be around we're gonna be breaking down a lot of the nba so i'm excited for that we got fantasy football i know that at some point terrell and i are gonna be doing a mock draft so stay tuned for that uh, yep. once he's back from vacation. And besides that, uh, looking forward like to another hint of shade. I was going to say, it was not a shade. It's not shade at all. I'm just saying you're on vacation, <laughs> but either way, uh, looking forward to producing more content. Oh, Scott is so shady boots today. Mr. Shady boots around here. All right. Well guys, you know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the NBA gambling podcast. Subscribe to the WNBA gambling podcast. Hoops is not over. I may be on vacation and we may be taking a slight break, but we will be back and we will be killing it. However, I have nothing else for this podcast. Make sure you download the app in the Slack, actually. But now I have nothing else for this podcast. I have no idea I'm going to end the podcast. So I'm going to hurry up and just get out of here before this Wi-Fi ends. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.